Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews Podcast and today we will be reviewing Narcos. We are on episode 9 so we are almost there to get to 2. Um, I know I said I was going to drop content every day this week. I did not come on yesterday. I apologize. <clears throat> I had a very busy day yesterday and by the time I got home I was completely exhausted so I went to bed early. So today I plan on dropping three pods. So if you're bored and need something to listen to, I am dropping content. Today we will be doing 9 and 10. And then I kind of want to switch the vibe up a little bit. And if you are a General Hospital fan, I haven't watched it in a while. But my mom and my grandmother telling me it's been getting good. I kind of tune in and out and the storylines got to getting on my nerves. (laughs) But I heard it's heating back up. So I will um, review yesterday's episode with General Hospital. If you're into soap operas, you know, that'll be something to tune into. Um, of course, my passion is always the, the narcos and stuff like that. But, you know, every once in a while, I will switch it up a little bit. I also want to review uh, the first episode of the new Loki series and the, the new local Loki series in the Marvel Universe. I I do love Marvel. I love all the Avengers and everything. So if you're into that, <clears throat> I want to review Loki. I really enjoy it. If you have the Disney streaming service, I really enjoyed the WandaVision. It kind of took a slow turn. But then when it made it to like episode six, it all ended up making sense. And um, I liked that the Captain America... Well, the Winter Soldier and Captain America or Falcon and Winter Soldier, however you want to put it. But that was pretty dope, too. So I'll tap into that type of stuff as well. Of course, you know, on this platform, we will be focusing more on Narcos and Snowfall and stuff like that at first. But I'm trying to get into other things as well. Of course, I say it all the time. This month is really hectic because I am moving and everything. I explain it all the time. Um. So it's been busy, but once I get settled in my new home, I'm going to get some new equipment and everything. So we're really going to get this platform rolling, you know, um, and, and I'll be pushing out steady content and it'll be be better. You know, Lord's will, it'll be better. But thank you guys for tuning in each week. I'm, that's really humbling and I really appreciate it. So I won't ramble for too long. I um, just wanted to explain why I didn't come on yesterday and apologize And let's get into the show, you guys. Name is Shanice, and she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. So this episode is called <clears throat> La Catrodrome, and we know that that is, I could be pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. <clears throat> we do know that that is the title for when Pablo went to prison and he named his own prison. So remember, he built this prison, turned it into a country club, basically, and um, that was the name of, that he gave it. And it reads, the hunt for Pablo seems to be over after he makes a deal with the government. But Murphy and Pena and the Cali cartel have other plans. And it opens up. So it opens up with we seeing that the truck is getting delivered. 
And on a normal truck getting delivered to prison, you'll think it's probably uniforms, food, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But no, Pablo has his own truckers coming to deliver shipment. And instead of the police being real police officers, they're police officers, but they're his friends. So he had the cathedral. He had it built old where it looked old on the outside. And then when a truck gets in there, we meet for the first time his new head Sicario, new number one, because, you know, well, Blackie is his number one, too. But uh, we see the new guy because Poison is dead and Lakika, he's still out on the street, um, basically looking out for his outside work as well, mainly with the family and everything. You know, you have to keep guards with the family as well for protection and everything else and to make sure everything was still rolling smooth on that end. But we get inside, We he opens the truck, and does he have uniforms or toiletries or water supplies? No, he has prostitutes. And the girls go in there, and we see that <clears throat> it's basically... Um, you could say a, a club. So they called it the Medellin, uh, the Medellin Club. You know, it's a country club, a narcos club. Got the casino in there. You got Pablo. He he had he's even got plants and stuff. Like who does this? You know, what I mean? you you would never hear about anything like that happening over here. It's it's just crazy. On that's power. You. You bomb everything up, you, you kill thousands of police officers, and you're able to build your own prison. Handpick your own policemen. You can pick your own prison mates. You pick your homeboys, basically, to come in there and basically guard you still. Because those were his top Sicarios, the top killers from his town and friends. And it's just crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, we get the opening scene and we're seeing how prison life is for him. And this was not prison at all. You just were stuck in a big big mansion that you basically built from scratch. Made it look raggedy on the outside. And you could still sneak whatever you in, um, <clears throat> in through the trucks. And, you know, they even said that he never even stayed at, like, as far as, like, he doesn't show it on the show. But he never even stayed in prison the whole time. He was coming and going as he pleased as well so this wasn't prison it was basically a, a big lie it saved face for the government you know like oh we locked him up he's in prison but you know really he wasn't in prison and to top it off one of the the, the ices on the cake was that the military or the police could not come within two miles of the prison to me looking on the outside and from a far eye that's where he should have just stopped, just rolled with the flow, and he could have built his empire all the way back up, to be honest. Um, of course, there's way more to it than that, but he should have just stopped <laughs> and just kind of built this empire back up slowly. But it, it was an ego, and as we go more into season two, because I'm going to do both, one and ten a day, we'll get more of... The really the police side and you know his side as well because so far we've been just talking about 
and how strong his empire was. And then the other leaders, we see um, the, the other co-founders of the Medellin cartel. We see how they went down. So that's been been there to, to this episode. Here we see the big turn and now we're going into the downfall. So like we just seen to come up and we seen how powerful he was, how strategic he moved. We see how the co-founders all went down. Um, a lot of that was not really true on how they portrayed it up in here. We already lost Gustavo. He didn't get murdered like that. Um, Carlos later, yeah, he got arrested, but it wasn't quite like that. And for the most part, that is how the Choas went out. They got a shorter sentence, and uh, the Choa brothers, and uh, um, <clears throat> gotcha, the Mexican. He went out that way as well with his son and a few other Sicarios. They were murdered in a shootout like that, similar. Not, of course, you know, everything is dramatized. But, yeah, this prison, it was... <sighs> yeah. So, let's get to the next scene. And we see that they're not only did they bring girls in, but you know they finish unloading the truck, and we see that they're bringing alcohol in, seafood in, lobsters. Pablo standing outside watching them come in. He got his little herd plan outside. He just had it made right, and even though he kind of got everything he wanted. He's still not happy for number one, his, his, his number one man who's been there since he was a kid, his best friend, his brother, you know, who he built his empire with is, has gotten murdered. So we see him kind of not looking the same, not with that same confidence. Um, <clears throat> and you know, <laughs> it's just different. So he's looking at the pictures and he's just not, you can see the, his whole demeanor has kind of changed a little bit. He's got a little heavier now, and um, his number one new man comes in, and, you know, he lets him know that, you know, Mankato and Galliano, they're, they're bringing in the money in. They got the routes going smoothly, but, you know, a lot of people are still complaining about the tax, and Pablo not trying to hear. He's saying his expenses must be paid for it by everyone. And then he tells them that they also are planning to negotiate a peace treaty with the Cali cartel. And Pablo says, so am I. We're negotiating right now. But before we fully call a few truce, we're going to kill a couple of his men. And the number, the new number one guy, he's a little confused. Like, if we're trying to negotiate peace, isn't that, you know, kind of bringing a war more to a, you know, Pablo not trying to hear that. They killed Gustavo. He he ain't trying to hear that. And he said the purpose of war is peace. Yeah. So then we go to the next scene. And we see <clears throat> Murphy and his wife Connie and the, the little baby. Um, they're planning on adopting her now adopting her now. They went on with the adoption process and Going through all the paperwork to get finalized, as of course we know that takes a lot of time. And they really did uh, adopt two girls over there. Of course, it didn't happen like that. But they, they mainly spent most of their time in Bogota, not in Medellin. So that's somewhere different. You know, it's still over there, of course. And, you know, she's happy. But he's still, you know, they feel like they got beat, basically. They got hustled. You know what I'm saying? Like... And then when you coming from over here in America, you go over there and you just see like, you know, damn, they, they really just beat us, you know, and I can't wait to get into the corruption of the 
the Mexican cartels. Like when we go to Narcos Mexico, it's just crazy on like the corruption in the government. But you see, and he he he's he's American, right? So he's like doesn't want to go down with a fight. So we see that traffic is backed up. They're driving, him and his wife, Connie. She's happy. They're coming up with names. Whoop-de-doo. And he accidentally hits a guy's car from the back. So the accident was really his fault. Let's just keep it real. And I do have a little rant coming up just to let you know. He He's not paying attention. He's glazing over at his wife, gazing at her eyes. He hits the man in the back of the car. A normal reaction will get out and be like, what the? You just hit my car. What the hell is wrong with you? And he get his ass outside the car and bullies the man, putting a gun up to his face, shooting his tire out. And here's my thing. First of all, who the fuck do you think you are? You know, and that that irritates me, even though, of course, this is dramatized for television. But in a history of... It, it was just, it, it just made me hate Murphy. I'm talking about as the the character, of course, not the real person. Because, you know, we're talking about the show, so we're talking about how they dramatized and we're talking about the characters. So, of course, this was dramatized. I don't believe that Murphy was just going around beating people up. But it just pisses you off, like, who the hell do you think you are? First of all, you ain't even from over here. So, really, you don't have jurisdiction to even bully the residents like that. How you gonna go to somebody else's country and shoot they tire out because you hit their car? He got the right to be mad. Shit. Sorry. But it just bothered me. And then, like, it, um, even when he uh put the gun out on the other lieutenant, the dirty cop Suarez, it's just like, who the hell do you think you are? You gonna shoot this man's tire out? I don't know, that just, it just irked my nerves. But he just hops in the car and his wife is looking at him like, are you crazy? And he like, yeah, let's name her Olivia. And he pulls off like ain't nothing happened. But no, I was not feeling that scene. I thought he was a bully. I did not like it. I don't like cops that do stuff like that, you know. And you hit his car, motherfucker. But moving on. Let's go to the next scene. We have the opening scene. I wish I could play the song in here, but you can't do it for copyrights because I love the opening scene, the opening song. I love how they show all of the real footage and just the the visuals in this show is amazing. And then on how they show like real footage scenes. It's just amazing. So then we go and we see President, President Gaviria, him and his wife and, you know, their guards, they're walking around. And it's just, the, his wife was like, don't you just see that and hear feel the peace? Because, you know, Pablo got what he wanted. So, the, you know, he's not out causing mayhem. He's not out, you know, people don't feel like they have to walk in danger where they might walk into a store and it blows up, you know. So it, I imagine it does just feel peaceful. You can walk in your country and the kids can be outside playing and you can feel some type of safe, safe zone. So... You know, Pablo kept his word at that part where, you know, he got what he wanted, but, and everything was cool. So then we go to the next scene and we see Pacho from the Cali cartel. I did, I do not like Pacho's character, um, in Narcos, but in Narcos Mexico, I liked him better. I'm not going to lie. When he played it in Pacho in Narcos Mexico, I liked his, him much better. We'll get to that. I, I, I cannot wait to start going over that as well. And we see 
eight of his young men. We don't know if they're his own Sicarios or just traffickers or brothers. We don't know who they are, but we see eight of his men, which Pablo said they were going to kill some more of his men. They are all laid in a row, shot up, stabbed up dead. And he is looking and he's like touching their face like this psycho blank blank. <laughs> like this is some crazy stuff like and they're laying in a neat row. They laid them neat in a row. And it just shows you how long Pablo's arm went. Because remember, he has his best hitman in prison with him, even though they can get out. And he still has a strong team who can go and do this type of damage. Yeah, baby. That's why the Cali cartel had to go recruit those Los Peppies. And if you're looking at the grand scheme of things, the government, the military, the police, the Cali cartel, America, the Lost Peppies, they jumped Escobar. Not, they didn't just take him out where it was just, oh, the Colombian police took him out. They jumped him. <laughs> And and that just shows you how long that arm reach and how powerful that one man was. He was the last one standing out of the meddling cartel. And they always say it was one guy who was much bigger than Pablo was. Way more money, way more powerful. But his name is very on the, you know, they don't mention him because he's so low key. Um... But what made Pablo's name so fearful and so just like where that's Pablo Escobar was the war that he raged against the government because that hadn't been done, you know. But it just shows you how long the arm reach and he's looking like this mother, he is crazy. So, you know, he kind of, he's upset, rightfully so. Um, and he goes and meets with uh, Mankato and a.k.a. the Wolfman, that was his nickname, the other guy. And they're trying to basically negotiate peace. And he's like, oh, this is negotiating peace. And he shows him the towel where he wipes some of the blood from his dead men. And they kind of get to negotiating, and they're going over prices because, you know, he has to pay. But number one, it was more personal as well. They put a bomb, almost killing the kids, and then also, they killed Gustavo. You know, so it was way more personal in the show. And they did uh, do the bomb, for real. As far as killing Gustavo and setting him up, I don't know if the Cali cartel had anything to do with that. A lot of the documentaries I've watched personally and, you know, stuff that I've read, I didn't uh, read anything or hear them say anything about the Cali cartel setting Gustavo up. But they do say that they believe something happened where the search block set Gustavo up. But then the police say that, you know, they came to arrest him and he came out shooting with a Uzi. And that's when they killed him because they claim that they didn't even want him dead because by he was the brains behind because he was the brains behind the operation, they wanted him alive because they wanted to get all the information out of him. So that's what they say. Who knows, right? So they're sitting there negotiating. 
And, and 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 Pacho is pissed, rightfully so, and he like, so this is how you guys negotiate? Ten of my men are killed. But you ain't innocent in this either, brother. You know. And uh, Mr. Mankato and Wolfman, they tell him, like, you know, first of all, we're not responsible for those deaths. We're here to do business. But if you really want to talk about it, you started this stuff. Because remember, um, now we're talking about the show, not the facts, but the show. Remember, he got cocky when they were in a meeting. And then he got, he got, basically got his, you know, he got pulled a little bit, got his little balls pushed in. And that's when he just started, remember, he went after Valeria, tried to get her to turn. Then he kind of tried to turn the Ochoas. Then he set up Gustavo. Then he planted the bomb. So, Pacho brought all this shit on himself in the show, not the actual Pacho. Even though the Cali Cartel, they really were in with the Los Peppies, even though we haven't made it to the Los Peppies, I'm jumping ahead, but if you are listening, I'm sure you're a fan of the show and have already watched it, I've watched it a whole bunch of times to where I was having dreams thinking I was a Sicario, just kidding, <laughs> but I've watched it over and over because I like stuff like this, like I really get off into this type of stuff, so if I jump ahead and you are uh, watching, er listening to every sub episode about this, I'm sure you like it too. And you might know more than I do. You know, um, I want to get more in depth with it, but I'm just kind of covering the, the, the shows and going scene by scene. When I'm done, I do want to talk more about everything real, but I'm just trying to get through scene by scene and not have you on here for a long time as well. And Pacho is still being a Judas and he's still trying to, turn everybody against Pablo. So he's even trying to work Mr. Mankato and the Wolfman and, you know, trying to put in his ear like, look, he, 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 um, he basically robbing y'all. He, he, he putting a war tax on y'all charging y'all $250,000 a month. And in a way, yeah, he was kind of <laughs> charging them a lot, but to be fair, uh, we going from all different angles and he really was charging his crew of men, a war tax, he did put that war up until he stopped extradition. That was what one of the main fights was. They did not want to come over to America to be prison because over here, our prison system is very, very terrible. Um, horrible. You know, I have family members who are correction officers in these prisons. Like, and uh, when you come from over there, it was nothing like that. So when you come over here, they was like, I'd rather be basically dead. I'd rather be um, 12, six feet under than in a, you know, locked up over here, caged up over here like an animal. So he did put the war up and was balls enough to do all that stuff and get extradition stopped for that time, of course. Um, and, you know, he felt like they had to pay tax. So they basically kind of come to terms with whatever they're going to come to terms with. You know, they give him a price. He talks them down. They come up with something. And then they leave. And then, you know, we go and we get back to Colonel Carrillo, Carrillo and his search block. They've basically been disarmed. You know, it's no need for them no more because the war is considered over at this point. And then they transfer him out of the country. And he basically lets them know, like, well, at least, I mean, Pena and Murphy basically say, well, at least he's locked up. And he lets them know, like, he ain't locked up. <laughs> they didn't had, you know, even though they're not supposed to go within a certain amount of miles of the prison, that they've been over there and 
they see everything they've seen how the trucks come in how the girls come in how they're moving more drugs um, two times more than what they were doing before and you know that makes murphy and Pinion want to get the door in their arm digging around and 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 looking more into everything because the case is supposed to be over so in actuality they should probably be on their way back home but you know they're still looking into everything then we go and Wolfman and Mr. Mankato, they get delivered in the truck. They arrive in the back of the truck because that's how everybody was getting in through these trucks. That's how everybody was getting in and out and handling business. So they come in to let them know how the meeting went with, with Pacho and they're sitting there shooting pool, talking crap, you know. And Pablo asks, they, they like, he, he agreed to the terms and he like, well, how was his attitude? How did he act when he told you the, the terms? And they, they want to be honest with him, but they're still a little nervous because they know if they say, say the one wrong thing that set him off, he already locked up. And then, you know, everything he's going through, he's going to basically start the war all over again. It only takes one little thing to piss him off. So you kind of got to watch what you say. But then if you lie, that could be you your last day on earth as well. So they go ahead and tell him. So they basically tell him the truth like... You know, when we told him that he had to pay twelve million, and he said that he was only going to pay three million, and they basically came to they negotiated where he was going to be ten. So you know, Mr. Escobar doesn't take that lightly, and he like, you mean to tell me this bastard only said he was going to offer me three million dollars? Hmm. So you know, then we got his new guy. Um, the, the new number one and he just as messy as possible because he's like you know he's lucky i didn't tell him 20 million and he's kind of egging him on and you know you can't do that and, and he's 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 probably been in the, the, the cartel but he's he's just been pushed up to that number one spot and then you notice before that poison lakika even you know blackie those were like his his lead three they never were jumping into because they're like his under his underlings you know what i'm saying so they they shouldn't even be negotiating this shit. He's talking to the guys who's, you know, who stepped up to take over where later and gotcha was at. So they shouldn't even be negotiating. And then he's kind of amping up fire, instigating it. Like, yeah, you, you, you should have went for 20. Just being an instigator. And, you know, that pumps up Pablo's ego. And he's like, tell him, let's go for 30 million. And they like, he won't accept that. So... Then the Wolfman basically he he beats him he he beats him in pool and Pablo <laughs> raises the war tax up even more. Uh, you can't make this. Shit. He 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 raises the war tax up and then you know he he kind of making his people disgruntled because you shouldn't do that. Especially that's what Gustavo was saying. Like you can't. So he beats them and he raises up the tax. So they go from basically paying $250,000 a month until $5 million a month, which is ridiculous. You know, Gustavo is right. You have to keep people loyal. And then you got the new guy. He's just smiling, instigating, not knowing he's basically because you're pushing people away. So when it comes to time for us to divide up, 
you want to treat your people right because you're going to want them to stay with the Medellin cartel. And that's what happened where a lot of people end up changing over going to the Cali cartel. And that made them more powerful as far as when the war happened. Everybody was divisive because... Remember, Pablo just wasn't over the Medellin cartel. It was a whole bunch of car. It was a whole bunch of crews that basically joined together and they all had their own boss. Like he had his boss. He was the boss. Him and Gustavo, they had their own team. Gotcha had his own team. The Choas, they had their own team. You know, everybody had their own team and it was a whole bunch of smaller cartels and they just joined in the one big cartel. So everybody like they were some of people were their own boss. They had their own. They created their own labs. They shipped out their own product. So that's what made it more easier for people to switch over. And then what's coming up next. So then we go and we get to uh, Murphy and Pena and then they're going over everything with the CIA and the military. So they're back working all together and they're uh, scoping out the prison and they're seeing how that they're sending messages and, you know, they kind of catch on in that. And, of course, this is totally dramatized out. Murphy and Penn was not outside that prison like that. And we see... Go to the next scene, and that's just when we are introduced to Judy Moncado, who will will play a major part in season two. So get ready to see her face. And her and her husband, they're getting their grown-up on in a jacuzzi, drinking them some wine, having them a good old funky time. And he tells her about, you know, Pablo raising up the war tax, and she not having it because he's not just... A little guy he's 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 a boss of his own crew as well so she's not having it and she's like this is ridiculous and he's trying to calm her down like you know he just lost his cousin and he's locked up and they sitting there doing a one-two in their nose with the lines and you know she's not happy then we go to Murphy and Pena and they figured out how all of the shipments are coming in with all of the truckloads and they figure everything out so they go bully the truck driver and put cameras and bugs all in the trucks. So that's how they got all the information. They bugged the trucks. And I don't know why he just didn't tell them, like, you know, the the, the DEA has, you know, cameras in my trucks. He would have been better off letting them know because when you think about it, who had the most power at the time? Pablo had more power than the DEA agents at the time. So it seemed like it was the smart thing would have been to do is just let them know like, hey, they bugged the trucks and then come up with another plan. But however, he doesn't. And they take it back to the vice minister and the president. And they're looking at the trucks. And who do they see in the back of these trucks? Politicians, judges, hookers. And they had some powerful politicians going to visit him. That's what I'm saying. Powerful. So he would have been better off just letting Pablo know, like, hey, they they bugged the truck. They got cameras all in there. Let them know what was going on. They could have been on top of it. But instead, and that's kind of how it all went down. When you think about it in hindsight, they had all of the evidence to see what happened. 
but they take it back to the vice minister and they are pissed off when they see like these powerful judges and politicians and congressmen, whatever you want to call them. They are going in and side out this prison. He has a casino in the prison. They're going to gamble and have them a good old funky time, right? And when he takes it back to Gaviria, they see that not only did he have the politicians and everything in there, he has, you know, soccer players in there. And that's like over here in America, in America, that's like the NBA, the NFL. You know, he has national soccer players coming in and outside of the prison. Like they were having them some, 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 a good old funky time. They're having the, the soccer games whatever and Gaviria's like look who all knows about this because they're afraid of the DEA leaking into the media because you know they do stuff like that and that's how they threaten the vice minister where all of the shit started from in the first place in the show of course it didn't happen like that in real life but in the show remember when they threatened the vice minister that they were going to go to the media and leak his mugshot and that's when he ended up getting him out of the congressman and that's where the war started with everything and he's just like, you know what, one point in time, Pablo owned Colombia. Now he's just the owner of a prison, which is not true. He still owned Colombia. But he's like, I don't care. Just let him do whatever the hell he want to do. Colombia has peace. So Gaviria, he really don't care at this point because now everything is peaceful. It stopped. He finally can breathe. So he's he just like, you know what, i never seen this. I've seen it, but i never seen it. So when we get to the next scene, we see it's Pablo's birthday and his family and then Judy Mancado along with them hops outside the truck and they're there to celebrate his birthday. They're partying, a um, nice big dinner plan. This <laughs> this a prison, right? <laughs> like <clears throat> it basically kind of looked like a um a big mansion and you're outside on the back porch the back you know patio part and you know it's fancy little dinner and they're just um asking him what he's been up to his mother saying how he's been working on a book and how everybody has been writing him now that is definitely true when after he escaped from the prison and they raided it they found so many letters of people writing him and just telling him like how much they loved him and all of this. And the sad part is it was a lot of women writing him saying how they loved him so much they would offer to send like their daughter to him, you know, to please him like kids, uh, little girls. It's sick as fuck. Man, that, that's just sick. But that's how much they loved this man. They they loved it him. And here goes Judy Moncado she she put the cat in the bag we don't know of course if this we do know you know what's coming up is going to happen but on the show on how they dramatized it out she basically put the cat in the bag when she opened her big mouth about how her husband was unhappy with all the war tax so she gets to just talking and talking and talking and Tata kind of looks at her and was like you better shut the the, the blank up you know Tata know her know her husband and he, he's he's like, oh, uh, he's been complaining. And she's like, oh, no, Pablo, no, no, no. And that puts something in his ear right there. Okay, like, okay, he's going to his wife complaining about the tax, the war tax. So that puts that in his ear. And she just should have shut up. She running her mouth, got the wine talking. I mean, she just, she just running her mouth about the trips they take it and how unaffordable it is and how beautiful it was. It, it, 
they got the chef out there. He whipping up some stuff. I mean, it's just crazy. She kind of brought this on herself. And he, he, he stops. And even when he stops and he like, hold on, Kiko been complaining. Everybody get quiet. And she like, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. She should have shut up. So then we go to the next scene and we're back at the basically what you would call the precinct the precinct um they did have a um a separate place that they were staying like um it was a precinct but they had like a separate location to where you know agent p and all of those guys were with the search block their whole little thing because they had to kind of have their own secret uh organization one would say you know like they it was plenty of police officers, but they had to have a sector where it was just certain amount of people because Pablo had so many people who were, you know, giving him tips and basically being his own informants within the precinct. So they couldn't trust every cop. So they're at their location and they're going over everything. And, you know, it's showing now Murphy has a conscience because, you know, even though he did set up where Carrillo and the search block went and killed Poison and Lizard, okay, they they did have that coming. You know, like, you know, of course, they had all the charisma and everything, but these were really bad guys. They killed multiple people, Poison and Lizard. But at the same time, to get them, they knew that they were entering that club with the, with the bloodbath intended, and all of those people were not um sicarios they were not traffickers you had women in there who just were going to have a good time who were mothers who had children at home you had bartenders who had nothing to do with that so you know even though you took out those people who you were after who killed multiple of your fellow officers or whatever you still took out innocent people and you're supposed to be on the right side of law so and when pablo does it it's just a massacre and it's wrong even though it is but when the police do it oh it was the to get the bigger fish no they went in there and they killed all those innocent people it was a lot of women in there it was a lot of innocent people who because it was like a a rest a a bar but just because you went to a bar that doesn't mean you're a trafficker or in the cartel you know it just is what it is so he's upset and he's looking at the picture and you know p don't give a damn p like hey a win is a win so we get to the next scene and they're playing soccer at the prison. One of the hitmen, Sicarios, they take it too far. They get too competitive and knock Pablo on the floor. <laughs> and Blackie and the rest of them are ready to kick his ass and they make him apologize. Which I think is a little bit absurd. If we're playing sports, even though you're the boss, you're out here on the field with us. Come on now. We gotta, you know, we playing. We, 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 we getting our stuff off. But they basically make him apologize. They threaten him. He gets scared, apologize. And then we get the new number one. He comes up and he tells them that they found money buried. And then we go back and we remember episode two, which is a big deal. They were burying a lot of money because they couldn't flip all of that. They couldn't, you know, launder all that money. So remember, they had to bury a lot of money to hide it. They were making so much money, they had to bury it. And he's being messy, putting it in. It don't take much to piss Pablo off. And he's already pissed about, you know, the Cali cartel. And he's pissed about Judy running her mouth and saying how Kiko had been 
complaining and everything and here he comes and he like you know they found money right in a spot where they um they had you know land or whatever so he puts all of that in his ear so now his his mind goes to they're robbing him and then he, he even says he was like no we have money buried everywhere and he kind of puts in his ear but right over there where their shipment landed you know he being messy and <clears throat> that's what happened so now Pablo's pissed and Kiko Mancano and Wolfman Galeano they show up for a meeting and he shows them the money and they're basically like dang you found this you pretty lucky dang you know they they're not expecting anything like that you know they're not expecting that they're getting accused of stealing because they are his number one guys this was a big mistake and this was very true to a point so they're they're basically telling him like you're the lucky man you found all this on the field he like yeah it's good luck for me but bad luck for you too because it was on your property and they're like just trying to talk him some sense into him at first like bro look that 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 them acres are over this amount of big and we rent to most farmers out there like we wouldn't steal from you they're hurt because they have they they were loyal in the show we're talking about scene from scene they were loyal and uh you have the some sicarios they're in the back and they're instigating shit and kiko cusses them out like stay in your place and then he kind of cussed Pablo out like, you know, you got some nerve. I've been so loyal to you. You're the godfather of my daughter. I'm helping run this operation. He goes off. And then he kind of pleads with Pablo like, look, look me in the eye. Tell me you think I stole from you. That was a tough scene. And Pablo like, you're right. You know, being in here, you know, I don't think right sometime. I got my mind playing tricks on me. So when he sees them walking out. I don't know what's going through his mind because it seemed like everything was cool. They talked to him and then he'd go outside and he just beat the hell out of them and they kill him and burn him up and they kill both guys. That was a big mistake. Now on the true side of it, um, I was listening to his son uh, Juan Pablo's interview and he has changed his name now it's sebastian something but i love listening to his interviews because he tells a lot of it and he says that that never happened that they didn't he talked to his father and he said that he did not kill kiko mancato but then you hear other stories like when you hear from asia murphy and pena they said that they actually were stealing from them so you kind of hear both stories so you kind of really don't know unless you know way more and did more research than i have you kind of hear that he he loved the Kiko Mankato. They were like the best friends. They grew up together and he didn't have anything to do with the murders. But then you hear that they were actually stealing from him. But in hindsight, you know, those were the two who were running the operation. Even if they were stealing, you know, I'm not a mob boss. I don't know. But even if they were stealing, it seemed like you would have just played it smooth until you got out. Then you could have handled your business. Like I said, this was the time to just play everything smooth, keep operating everything. And then when you got out, then get back control how you want to get out. But this was a big mistake because they had the cameras in the truck to see that they arrived, but they never left. And... We get to the Cali cartel 
And now we see Navagante. This is a big deal. Because Navagante, remember, that was Gotcha's right-hand man. That was his number one. And they were asking, why do you want to switch on him now? And he said, he's fucking, he's crazy. He's going to get us killed. But no, he wanted to switch sides and go work for the Cali Cartel. So now all this time, he's been working for the Cali Cartel. So he's been playing for the other team. He's been being a Judas. And he really was a really big informant. And he worked both sides. This guy was real. This guy was real. And not a good guy from what they say. From what the documentaries and the interviews I watched. But they come and they're like, yeah, I heard the rumors are true. Kiko and um, Wolfman were murdered in that prison. And Pacho, like I told him. And then we have... Judy Mankato, she is pissed off. Judy is soldier in her own right, though. She ain't backing down. She come and she like, you know, he wouldn't have missed. He wouldn't have not came home. He said he was going to the prison. We were trying to have a baby because he keeps they have a really close marriage. He tells her everything. That's his business partner, too. She's not like Tata. Tata is like a housewife. She plays her position and knows her role as a wife. And then Judy, she's she's a, a plays her role as a wife too, but she's more in the business with Pablo. You didn't see Tata out in those fields and selling um drugs or whatever, but with uh Judy, you definitely um she was she was she was in the, she was in the, in the woods with him you know she 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 was she helped him create those labs on their end and tata like I, pablo said that he left now are you calling my husband a liar and judy stand up like well i said my husband <laughs> so you had to battle otherwise neither one of them was backing down and they stand for their man so navigante he goes to penny and murphy and he lets them know that Kiko Mankato and the Wolfman were murdered there. And he basically says, why don't we work together? Murphy is not having it. Murphy do not want to work with traffickers. Pena, he, he was like, you know, let's do it. He's down for whatever. And they say Pena played a lot of role with the Los Pepes and Navigante. That was his head informant. And, you know, the big man. We'll get to him next episode. So, after that, they had the evidence. They had the cameras. So, they seen that, you know, uh, <clears throat> they went to the prison. They never left. And then we get to the final scene. And Pia and Murphy are doing what they do best. They're plotting. And they get all the documents printed up. <clears throat> all the evidence printed out that the two guys showed up and never left. So basically they were murdered and the plan is put in motion. And that was episode nine. I hope you enjoyed. I'm going to drop episode 10 sometime today. So after today, we will be caught up on season one. <clears throat> we'll move to season two. Then we go into Mexico and we'll cover Narcos Mexico. Then we slowly get into snowfall. We accomplishing. Thank you so much for tuning in and next content will be uploaded shortly thank you stay safe out there and i hope you guys enjoy